Well, good morning, church. Glad to be with you today. Uh, I have been asked uh, to make a short, uh, brief announcement uh, about the marathon today. Uh, you may have noticed uh, that parked over on this side of the building uh, is a SWAT team car and a couple of police cars. Uh, it, that's not for us. Uh, don't worry. Uh, the marathon is going on today, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that we have a couple people uh, that we're missing today, people like Brandon. I do see Addie here today, so Addie, uh, you're not running this year. No, just here worshiping. Uh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you for being here. Uh, if you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you're here, glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. Uh, this is a, a wonderful time of the year because it's a time when we remember the story of the coming of Jesus. And so we've been working our way through the story of Advent this uh, past week and this week as well. And last week we talked about hope, about the, the story of Christmas, the story of the coming of Jesus being about hope. Today we're going to talk about peace. And peace is a, a, an interesting uh, topic, particularly in our world. It's an interesting thing to talk about because so often we can look around at our world and we can see that peace is not something that exists everywhere. In fact, if we're honest, it's something that doesn't exist even most of the time. A lot of the time, we see a world uh, at strife with one another, uh, a world at, at, at odds with one another, uh, people tearing at each other, people uh, trying to write mean messages on social media and Facebook and different things like that. We live in a world where peace is not an automatic that we can assume. In fact, this very last week, we ha in this church, in this congregation, we had uh, people who were concerned about peace. Uh, pe pe particularly because there were people in our church, in our congregation, who were in a different part of the world that we knew for a fact was not experiencing peace. So uh, the, a couple weeks ago, we sent Paul Lockman and Kathleen Williamson to go to Zaporozhia, Ukraine, and they got back this past week. But while we were uh, worried about them, uh, they were on, on, the, on the ground in Ukraine, visiting our missionary there, visiting the Christian church, the community that has been formed in that, in that part of the world, and they were encouraged by their time. Now, we were all worried because the day before they left, literally the day before, Ukraine and Russia uh, continued their conflict with one another, and, and there was a battle that took place uh, very close to where Paul and Kathleen were going to be traveling to. And so I know that many of you, uh, as I did the past couple weeks, spent a lot of time praying for safety, praying particularly for these two people as they're there, but also praying for uh, the country of Ukraine and, and Russia as they experience uh, this uh, disagreement with one another, this battle with one another, as they continue to fight over where the border of the two countries is. Well, I was encouraged by one of the things that Kathleen wrote me in an email. We were uh, sending emails back and forth, and she finished uh, one, one of her emails and signed it, in Christ's hands, Kathleen. And that, just those three words encouraged me, and so I wrote her back and I said, thank you for saying that. That meant a lot to me today, particularly as I'm on the other side of the world uh, trying to pray for you guys and, and trying to tell others to pray for you. Uh, that, that meant a lot. And I want to read you uh, her response to that uh, because I think it's something that will help us enter into this topic of talking about the peace of Christ around this time of year. This is what Kathleen had to say. She said, sometimes I forget, but we are all always in Christ's hands, and that doesn't always mean safety on earth. As I was packing and obsessed about whether my carry-on was too heavy or too big for international standards uh, or whether I needed to get lots of new things for the weather and it, all, all that goes with that, my mother continually had to remind me. She said, you've got this. She said, because they have been continually praying for the trip and praying for wisdom, that whatever decision we make will be fine and right. She reminded me and instilled in me that we are in God's hands. And that's one of the things that we declare together today. And so thank you, Kathleen, for sharing that with us. Thank you for being willing to let me read that. Uh, we are declaring 
today, at this time of year, as we lead up to the Christmas day, as we lead up to the story of Jesus coming to be with us, that we are in God's hands. That we declare that the peace of God will one day fully and finally be realized, even today as we pray that it comes soon and quickly. Because we know that our world doesn't always experience this. Our world doesn't always operate like this. That our world doesn't think that it's normal for a lion to lay down with a lamb. That our world doesn't think that it's normal for for swords to be beaten into plowshares and for spears to be beaten into pruning hooks. Our world is much more comfortable with the way of going to battle. Uh, In in fact, whenever we talk about peace, what we most often mean is that it will be a peace that is won through, uh, through battle. Through, through fighting, through hardship. But the peace of Christ, the peace that God offers us at this time of year, every year, that we remind ourselves is that God's peace looks vastly different than the peace of the world. That when God comes to be among us, God doesn't come as a conqueror here to defeat us, but God comes ready to sacrifice himself in the person of Jesus. And so today I want us to turn over to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to look at a couple of different passages from the Gospel of Luke, because this is the way that Luke's story begins. Uh, Luke's story begins with an announcement about the peace of God coming to be among us, an announcement that we can now bear that peace to the world around us, but the passage that we're going to start with today is an announcement that asks us to prepare for this peace. And this is what Jesus did. Jesus prepared us for this. And he began his own ministry by preparing us for this as well and his disciples. And so I want us to read a couple of verses from Luke chapter 3. And we're going to read starting in verse 3. It says, John, talking about John the Baptist, went throughout the region of the Jordan River. And he called for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. This is just as it was written in the scroll of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places made smooth. And all humanity will see God's salvation. So John shows up and he says, prepare the way because Jesus is coming and Jesus is going to bring that peace with him. So our job, John says, as followers, as disciples, uh, as people who are anticipating the coming of Jesus is to prepare the way. And I love the, the passage he takes from uh, the prophet Isaiah. Uh, this is a, a wonderful passage because Isaiah really draws a picture for us here. Uh, he says that our paths will be made straight, as if the path that we're on is crooked and winding and it has all kinds of twists and turns, and we don't know where it's heading. But John says when Jesus arrives, the path will be straight and we'll be able to see our destination. He says that every valley will be filled in. As if to say when the walls come up around us, when the shadows and the darkness creeps in and we're not sure uh, when the sun will rise again. He says those valleys, those low places will be made level, will be filled, will be brought up, will be lifted up. But not so much that we can continue to think of ourselves as greater than we really are. And he says the, the, how, the hills and the mountains, they will be brought low. So those who place themselves above others, those who put themselves on top, uh, who, who say that they are perhaps more important than others, who, who claim power as their own even when it truly isn't theirs, those hills and mountains will be brought down so that all will have a level playing field. The things that are rough will be made smooth. When Christ comes, all will be well. All will be made as it was meant to be, that God will be here with us offering us peace in every situation of life. 
Now, when John preaches this message, when he announces this kind of story, this kind of good news that is coming in Jesus, when he tells the people this, uh, not everybody's a fan of John. John has a lot of people who come and flock to him, and they come and spend time with him, and, and they listen to his, his teaching, and, and they're baptized. But there's one person in particular who finds John's message particularly difficult to swallow, King Herod. Because King Herod is one of those people who has placed himself above the rest. He's found himself on a hill and on a mountain, and John has just declared that those hills and mountains will be, will be leveled and brought down low again. And so King Herod is not a big fan of what John has to say. King Herod is a critic of John because this peace that John is offering through Jesus to the world, it's a little bit threatening, isn't it? It's threatening to us because we like to grasp those moments when we can place ourselves on hills and mountains. It's threatening to us because we want to make names for ourselves. It's threatening to us because most often we're tempted not to follow the way of Jesus, but to follow the way of our own hearts and minds to lift up ourselves, to seek out what's best for us and not to follow the way of Jesus. Well, I want you to imagine a scene with me. Uh, I want you to imagine a scene. It, this is a modern-day telling of King Herod. Uh, the scene is, uh, you, you, perhaps many of you are parents, and, and you have a child who leaves home. Perhaps uh, this child goes off to school one day. Uh, my, my big plan was, uh, I was going to say, uh, we were going to make up a, a fake family, a fake character that this was going to be, uh, be about, and we were going to call uh, this family the Dobson family. Uh, not that any of us know anyone by the name of Dobson who have a child who has left to go off to school, uh, but Dave's not here today, and so I can't really pick on him uh, since I, I don't see him in the room. But uh, imagine you have a child who goes off to school, and, and now when you have a child who goes off to school, uh, I imagine as a parent that you would be anxious every time they're coming home, that you would be excited for them to come home. You'd be looking forward to that moment, but that person, that child, already knows what it's like to live in your house. They already know what it's like to be a part of your family. So when they come home, uh, you might not roll out the red carpet. Uh, you might not do all the dishes. You might do some of them. Uh, you might not do all the laundry. You might just do their bed sheets. Uh, you, you might not make all the preparations that you need to make. But there comes that time when that child is going to bring someone home with them. They want to introduce you to that special him or her. They want to uh, tell you, they want, they want that person to meet your family, and they want the family to meet that person, that special someone. And so when that person comes, you make all the preparations that you need to make. I'm talking you mow the yard, you do the dishes, uh, you, you dust places in your house you didn't even know existed. You make every preparation possible for this guest, this special person who's coming home to meet you. And now imagine when that person arrives. That person is very critical. Uh, they, they see what you've done, but it's not enough. It's not like their home when they were growing up. It's, it's not enough for them. And so they, they make mention of, well, yeah, you mowed the yard, but uh, uh, the bushes look a little uh, shabby. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, you did the laundry? Well, that's great, but uh, uh, I'm going home with a, a whole load of my own, uh, and you didn't offer to do my laundry. These are the types of critiques, perhaps, that uh, a person who is very ungrateful would make. A person that you probably wouldn't enjoy having as a house guest. Uh, a person that if you were Dave Dobson and that person came home with your firstborn son, you would probably not be very happy uh, with this selection. And you'd say, son, maybe keep searching for the one. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's what happened. Uh, I, I make no promises about whether or not that took place. I'm sure anyone that, uh, that Ty brings home is just a lovely human being, a lovely person. 
But this is a little bit of what it's like for, for John the Baptist to make this announcement that someone is coming. A guest is on the way, and they're going to arrive soon, and it's time to prepare. But Herod, he doesn't like this guest. He doesn't think this guest is all that noteworthy, and Herod has a lot of critiques to level back at John. And this piece that John offers, that John announces about Christ, ends up costing him a lot. In fact, it will end up costing him his life. Because this type of peace is threatening when it's all about us. That's the beauty of this time of year, is it reminds us that this is not about us. As much as we have tried to make it so, as much as we have turned this holiday into something about you and me and and giving to the people that we love, Ultimately, this is a reminder that this is a time when we celebrate the peace that God has extended to us, that this is about Jesus, not about you and me. And so that peace can be threatening if we're not willing to make that adjustment, if we're not willing to say that this truly is all about Jesus. In fact, there's another place uh, in in the early chapters of uh, the Gospel of Luke where we see uh, another person, John's father, Zechariah. Uh, make another announcement about the coming peace. And I want to read this section of text to you. It comes uh, from Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 68. This is Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, and he prophesies. He says, Bless the Lord, God of Israel, because he has come to help, and he has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in his servant David's house, just as he said through the mouths of his holy prophets long ago. He has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and remembered his holy covenant, the solemn pledge he made to our ancestor Abraham. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. And you, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins because of our God's deep compassion The dawn from heaven will break upon us to give light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide us on the path of peace. See, at the time when Jesus comes, when God comes to be with us and among us, there are these announcements. God's peace is here. God has fulfilled his promise. What God said he would always do, God is doing now through Christ. Did you you catch what Zechariah said to us? said, you, you will be called a prophet. You will be called a prophet because now it is your job to go and make this announcement. The announcement that the the way has been set, that we can help to prepare the world for this coming peace, for the salvation that God brings to us. John and Zechariah together, they announce to us, there is work to be done. There are announcements to be made. There are preparations that need our attention. Throughout the centuries, I can think of several different stories, several different people who have exemplified this type of peace, this way of looking at the world and saying, uh, the way the world operates, I choose to move away from that, and I choose the way of Jesus. One particular story that comes to mind is the story of Henry Nouwen. Uh, Perhaps some of you are familiar with Henry Nouwen. He's uh, been a a very influential writer uh, and and thought leader in in our contemporary history. Uh, Henry Nouwen passed away about 20 or 25 years ago, but during his life, Henry Nouwen had every opportunity to seize greater and greater advancements in his own life and career. 
he was a, a, a priest as well as a professor, and he spent time uh, at Yale University, at Notre Dame, at Harvard, at prestigious places. And he spent time there on their faculty working as a professor. Uh, he spent time writing and, and helping to influence and shape our thought about who God is uh, in, in, in our world today. But Henry Nouwen noticed something that he didn't really like about himself. He noticed that this type of atmosphere and this environment was drawing out much too competitive of a spirit within him. That rather than seeking out colleagues that he could partner with, he saw them as obstacles to be overcome. As people that he needed to make sure that he could step over to continue to grab more and more influence, more and more prestige. And he noticed this about himself and he decided that's not the way of Jesus. That's not the way of peace. That's the way of battling and fighting to get more for myself. And so he decided to make a change. And so he left his post at Harvard University, uh, perhaps one of the most sought after jobs that he could have. And instead, he joined a community of people worldwide called the Larchie Communities, communities that were dedicated to bringing together people who had mental and physical disabilities with those who did not, of seeking to provide community when none existed before. And so Nowen joined this community of people, and he spent the rest of his life working and living there. But one thing that's wonderful about Nowen is that he heard these words from Isaiah, the prophet, that we read from Luke chapter 3. He heard these words about what God was going to do in the world, that God was going to lift up the lowly and he was going to bring down the high. And rather than abandoning every speaking engagement he had, he decided, I'm going to help bring a little bit of heaven to earth right now. And so rather than canceling every speaking engagement he had, he simply made a change. He said, from now on, whenever I take a speaking engagement, I'm going to bring one of my friends that I've met, that I've come to love, that I've grown to love, that I've learned from, from these communities. And they're going to be the keynote speaker with me. See, that is something that our world doesn't often see. Our world doesn't often choose to do. So often we get caught up in how can we continue to grow our brand how can I have more followers on social media? How can I tell my story in bigger and better ways? And that one said, I'm, instead of telling my story, I'm going to invite somebody to tell theirs and how they're teaching me to live more like Christ. It's a beautiful story. And we remember now and today, not because uh, he's this person who's accomplished so much, but because he's someone who has helped us to see Jesus in our world today. Zechariah. And John, they say it's time to prepare a path. It's time to announce the coming peace of God. A peace that doesn't come to fight and battle against you, but a peace that is for you. A peace that God wants us to know and understand. And so as we lead up to the Christmas story, as we lead up to the coming of God among us, we remember the peace that God extends to us that God had every opportunity to make us pay for what we've done. God had every opportunity to humble us. But instead, God chose to come and be with us, extend peace to us. This is our story. We have an opportunity to make the path straight in our world to help bring the peace of God here and now. Today, if you would like to experience this peace, if you're 
in a situation in your life that is particularly turbulent, uh, where you're feeling some turmoil, we invite you to come and share some time with our elders in prayer. Uh, They're going to gather around the sides of the room, and they would love to spend a moment praying with you, inviting the peace of God to be with you. If you want to join the story of Jesus, if you want to know what it is to have this peace that God extends to each one of us, please come and visit with me. And as we worship here in just a moment, I ask that each one of us would prepare our hearts and minds, prepare our lives so that we can announce the coming of this peace of God here with us. Would you please stand while we worship together? Let your 